Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta, yeah, Dukes. Dig it! There but for the grace of God, do with me. my music embrace the pie tasters embrace the chat dukes show welcome everybody it's been another week of fantastic episodes i am your host with the most big shoot on the internet screaming into a computer like every single comedian every single athlete and i'm not nearly as mad as kwame brown i can tell you that much good lord that thing's growing hair talked about that this week didn't we gigantor who knew that kwame brown was going to be the next joe rogan so much fun there's nothing more fun on the internet right now than hearing him tell all and then everybody's like commenting on it and he's going after them and it's just it's non-stop we'll try to be a little less uh rambunctious over here on this program this week oh sweatshirt coming off here boss Finally got hot enough in the Fortress of Solid Dudes tour for you to take off your monster sweatshirt. It's only 100 degrees outside today. Damn it. It's blistering hot up here. Why are you wearing a Capitals t-shirt? I've never heard you once say anything about the Capitals. Is it because it's the playoffs? It's <laughs> They're playing real well for you, by the way. I'm a playoff fan. They're show, they're play, you're a playoff fan? When they're eliminated in about three days, are you still going to be a playoff fan? No. Okay, fair enough. Oh, boy, that's Gigantor, my executive producer. Uh, so we do this free episode. We try to mix it up and give you some original content and also give you a taste of what you may have missed if you're not a subscriber to the Chad Duke Show this week. Of course, you can subscribe right now, chaddukeshow.com. You say, well, Dukes, it costs money. Well, shit, yeah, it does. Uh, but uh, all good content. I guarantee you're going to get more content from us than any other place you're subscribing right now. And... What do you want to watch? More bad movies? I mean, all these stupid. I just go through them all, and I'm like, why would I want Peacock? Why would I want Paramount Plus? I even look at the stupid Disney one in between shows. Like, I don't like cartoon shows tour, so I'm like, why am I going to sit here and pay for this thing until Loki comes out? Um, I don't know. Cancel a subscription. Cancel series. Cancel whatever you got to do and sign up for us here. On the Chad Duke Show, ChadDukeShow.com. I guarantee if you like this, uh, you're going to like that even more. So we got a big show planned for you today. I thought that because we got some really good feedback, uh, Gigantor, a couple of weeks back when instead of doing a best of show, we just decided to do our NFL draft recap. So my idea was, you know, we can do some of the segments we did this week, uh, but also maybe we can, uh, because there are some big stories in the National Football League right now, including your team trying to move on from the greatest wide receiver in team history and potentially breaking up the most fearsome threesome in uh, pass catchers 
in the NFL currently uh, that it uh, and the Tim Tebow news broke today that we could kind of do some over unders and I I I told Tor to pick up some. This is kind of a hack sports talk radio bit. I feel like every radio show I've ever heard does a segment like this, but it's also fun and it leads to good discussion. So there's some big stories out there. So I figure we can do that. Uh, did you want to comment on uh, as we are taping this? It might have already happened, of course, Friday morning. Maybe they found a dance partner or finally, but it, the report is that the Falcons have been and continue to try to move on from Julio Jones. Uh, yeah, uh, as the resident Falcons fan, and uh, my fandom is stretched back to, I believe, the a little before the Joey Harrington year. Uh, it was it's when I, my my fandom really picked up. So in almost 08. a decade. Yeah, it's been really really uh, fun watching Julio Jones and a Falcons uniform do everything that Julio Jones does. I'm pissed hearing about this stuff. I think that Houston regrets getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. I think when you have a top three player and the best player on your team, I see no reason to get rid of him. I will never see a reason to do so. It is foolish to have the the, the player who had who Lee who is number one all time in average yards per game. I think he has ninety five point six. Megatron is sitting at eighty six point five yards. Per game. He's averaging nine more yards than everybody else ever in NFL history. He's the best, one of the best players, if not the best player that's ever played for Atlanta, and it's it. They're stuck in this stupid little dimension of, are we rebuilding or are we just going to keep on meddling around? And do we want to have this crazy ass offense with Kyle Pitts and and now we got Mike Davis and Ridley's good and Julio and all this, or are we just going to keep on moving pieces that don't need to be moved because we can't maneuver the cap well enough, whereas the Saints were buried in cap hell. Uh, they were down like 50 mil, and oh, guess what? Michael Thomas is still on the team. They retain Kamara. They retain linebackers. And, and But for some reason, we get a new GM and Terry Fontenot, and now he is he decided, oh, it's my show now. Okay. And Arthur Smith from Tennessee, we got him. Oh, look what he did with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown last year. Pretty similar to the dynamic of Julio and, and goddamn Calvin Ridley. Well, and, and step up, I would say. Oh, the Jones and Ridley are a step up from those other two. Yes, and I see that, and I say, okay. They also had Jonu Smith last year, good tight end. Now we have Kyle Pitts, good tight end. Playoff team. Playoff team. Hard running back with, with uh, Derrick Henry. Mike Davis isn't as good as him. Still, if you run the same go- offense that Tennessee ran in Atlanta, it will be better than Tennessee's offense, which is a playoff offense. But let's go ahead and ship the best receiver in the league to Baltimore. Well, they haven't done it yet. He's going to go to... He- He's going to go to Baltimore or New England, and they're going to become a playoff team. In 2019, he had 99 catches for almost 1,400 yards. He should have been, by the way, the MVP of the league in 2015. I mean, that is a cartoonish year. 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns, 136 catches. Look, I don't know. He's 32. Hopkins is a little bit younger, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how you don't try to figure out a way to go out there and have those three pass catchers on the field and see what happens. I don't think people win Super Bowls that way, but this isn't like the Rams being in some cap hell and saying, we'll move on from Brandon Cooks. I mean, this is a top probably 10 wide receiver all time that's ever played, but that's neither here nor there. I, I knew that you had some feelings about that, so I want you to be able to Thanks for letting me get them out. bleed the, uh, the valve off a little bit. Um, all right, so I came up with five. You came up with five. Yep. Uh, Tor, hit the music. I got it right here. Ready? Tor, the music, quick. Boom. All right. And Greenwall, the lights. 
That's about as quick as it's ever happened. Can I ask you though? You knew I was gonna hit the music. Why did? Why was the computer unplugged and the I didn't want screen not booted up? I just restarted the computer, so I didn't know if there were gonna be any external Glitches. sounds or something that happened. All right, yeah. fair enough. Uh, Tor, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I need to catch my breath a little bit. Over under, remember, seventeen week season. Okay. Over under eight wins for the Detroit Football Lions. The only reason why I bring this up is because Mark Brunel, who is their quarterbacks coach, actually came out and said that this team reminds him of the team that he went to the AFC Championship game with in Jacksonville back when that team was new that nobody gave a chance to. And that's all fine and well. And I have some uh, fond memories of Mark Brunel uh, here in Washington. I know Santana Moss, who used to be on my show all the time, had nothing but praise for the guy. Um Eight wins would still mean a losing season in the 17-week season, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it feels like this team doesn't know whether it's coming or going either. And they got some nice draft capital in that trade from Matt Stafford. But I don't know how Jared Goff is going to be a guy that kind of gives you a bump up. The division is very difficult for me to predict as Aaron Rodgers' presence in the division still seems to be up in the air. I'm not a big believer in Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, and I got to see Justin Fields and the Bears do it. I feel like there's a lot of teams kind of in perpetuity right here that are constantly in flux. I'm going to say under eight wins for the Lions. Um, they seem to like their head coach and his mentality. I Maybe they're going to be moving in a more positive direction, especially with the draft capital they've amassed, but I don't think they're going to surprise anybody this year. I think it's all going to fall on the shoulders of Goff and DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift is a good back, but they also lost Kenny Galladay to New York. Who's catching passes? TJ Hawkinson can't catch every single pass. It's a it's a team that I think whenever I sit and look at being a Washington fan and, and say that, wow, we've been stuck here for a while. The Lions have been stuck there forever. Yeah. And it's just sad, too, because I always say one championship in Cleveland's worth 10 and Miami. I think one championship in Detroit is worth 10 in Miami as well. So Agreed. I'd take the under on that also. Take the under on that as well, my friend. All right. You're up. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. I have set his over-under on touchdowns this season at 10. Now, he has eclipsed that mark one time where he scored 13 in a season. He has meddled around 8 and 9 uh, for the most of his career. I'm taking the over at 10. I think him and Kyler Murray are going to have... A, uh, a, a good season together. I think A.J. Green on the opposite side of him is going to help out a little more. Uh, Christian Kirk, I believe, is, is blooming a little more. He, he's getting a little more run, um, at least in talks of at least fantasy. I just, I'm in the worst fantasy league of all time uh, with a whole bunch of draft NFL draft people. It's the worst. Uh, but I, I have his over it. I have him scoring at least 10 touchdowns this year. Um, you either believe that Kyler Murray is an improving player or you think that there is a limit to what he is capable of in this league. And I've seen people make the argument both ways. Um, I don't know. Here's what I do know. The offense is a shitload of fun to watch. Uh, I think they're enigmatic. I like what Cliff Kingsbury does. A.J. Green, I think, is washed, but, you know, he's still a big body out there. Can hopefully give you something. They signed James Conner. Yeah. I think they need to figure out, I mean, Kenyon Drake, you know, I, I thought he was going to be way more productive in that offense. The division itself, Tor, I think makes this difficult just because you're playing good defenses virtually around smart coaches. 10, 10 is a lot. I'm going to take the under because I think it's very possible he goes for 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns in a Pro Bowl. But if I, I just double digit is, is going to be difficult um, moving forward, especially with 
there's a lot. I love Kyler Murray. I think he's a QB one. I, I, if there's a guy that I want to fucking pay to watch, uh, he's going to be on a short list. Yeah. But there's a couple guys that I've interviewed that say, look, it, the 5'8 thing is real, and there's only so far you can go with that size in the league, and everybody knows it as far as the way the defenses are going to game plan. So I expect them to be successful. I picked them to win the division last year and looked like a bit, a bit of a horse's patoot by the end of it, uh, and I would definitely pay for a ticket. But if you're saying double-digit touchdowns, most receivers in the NFL, I'm going to say the under, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but that's a combo right there to watch every single Sunday for your entertainment buck. All right. Uh, over-under on Super Bowl wins by the Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under is put at one. They are the favorite, by the way. Bavada has them as the odds-on favorite despite the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thrashing them in the Super Bowl. Uh, and, of course, they have completely rebuilt their offensive line to our, well, not completely rebuilt. They had some guys that opted out, some guys that are coming back, but they made a big trade with Baltimore. Looks like they've secured that line. They got all the weapons all over the field, and Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game. Over under at one for Super Bowl titles for the Chiefs. I'm going to have to take the under at this at mm. this moment. I solely because Tampa Bay didn't lose anything. They didn't lose one starter on, on either side. <laughs> I I'd like to see the Chiefs beat Tampa. I don't want a division rival winning it, but at the same time, it's very very difficult for me to say. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to run away with it. I'll go back-to-back for, for Tampa for the Chiefs outright. Chiefs have 81 players present at Phase 2 of the NFL offseason. It seems like everyone is bought in. Uh, they were aggressive in the offseason. Um, here's the problem that I have with the Chiefs. Uh, they're going to have to prove to me that they're not a lazy team. Um, they rely on their talent to bail them out of situations. They rely on their offense to bail them out of situations. They allow teams to go up two, three, four scores on them, and you can do that against the Texans. You're not going to be able to do it against a team like Tampa Bay that gets to the Super Bowl or Green Bay or whoever it's going to be. Um, and unfortunately, that seems to be their mentality. I, I still think probably on paper they're the best team in football. You mentioned that Tampa Bay brought everyone back. I guess Antonio Brown is still in flux because he failed that fucking physical, but they drafted a wide receiver. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how Tampa's not your favorite when they have their second season with Tom Brady. So I would pick them. And then even in the AFC, I think I think the Bills are legit. I think the Bills are for real. I think they could find themselves in the AFC Championship game to, despite what path they get. Um, right. The Browns, I'm going to be very interested to watch. I think the, the, the Steelers are going to be better than people think this year. Everyone assumes Roethlisberger's washed. And then, you know, they got, what, five primetime games for the Baltimore Ravens? I, everyone feels very comfortable dismissing Lamar Jackson as the NFL has figured him out. But I like Baltimore in the cold weather outside in the postseason despite what he's done in the, in the weather just because of their notoriety. So, yeah, odds are I, I would take the under even though Vegas seems to be very confident they should be the favorite. I could see how they're the favorite. I just – it's not a bet bet that I would take. You know, it's it's good to talk about because it's exciting, but I have to take the under here. My next one, I'll go over to defense here. Both Boses over 12 sacks this year. Mm. That's interesting. Both Boses? Yes. I'm going to say under, just for injury concerns alone. I mean, you've had injury concerns. You've had issues. Uh, you got concussions. You got you got an ankle roll here, an ankle roll. Now, under 12 sacks for both. Um, they're both on good teams. I both think that they could go out there and have defensive MVP caliber years. It wouldn't surprise me. The talent is there. The ability is there. The scheme is there. But that's ridiculous. Two guys are going to stay healthy all year long enough and productive to do that. No, I say under for both. I'm taking the over. 
You're outrageous. I really think, I, I don't know why. I got a gut feeling that they're both going to go off this year. I know uh, Los Angeles is bringing Derwin James back, so that's going to solidify their defense. I think they're going to be one of the most improved teams in the league. Oh, yeah. And is Los An- the, the Chargers, they have some of that Atlanta in them where they just get snake-bitten and snake-bitten in the end of games. I think so Washington it, opens up the season with the Chargers. They do. Yeah. It'll, I, I think both Joey and Nick Bosa, I mean, Joey Bosa obviously has gone over 12, two out of three years, and Nick Bosa... I think he had nine and then he got hurt, uh, but I, I see them both going over 12 this year. A lot of question marks in San Francisco would be another concern of mine. Like, are you developing a quarterback? Are you really securing Jimmy Garoppolo being out there? If you do have a young quarterback that needs more time, or, you know, is he going three and out? Are you out there on the field longer if you're on the defense? A lot of questions there. I feel very comfortable with under. Um, tour over under on anyone other than Dak Prescott winning comeback player of the year. Oh. Let me think. Uh, possibly Saquon Barkley. Maybe. I think that there's 0% chance anyone but Dak Prescott <laughs> wins comeback player of the year. Dak Prescott could walk out into the middle of the field, pull his football pants down, and take a big nasty shit, and he's going to still win comeback player of the year. Well, that would get, get an award for me. <laughs> he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And yes, Amari Cooper may be at a diminished capacity. Yes, Ezekiel may be at a diminished capacity, but they've got weapons all over the field and you can just pencil him in if he plays for 17 games for 4,500 yards and 29 touchdowns so and they're just not gonna not give it to the quarterback of the Cowboys if he turns in performance like that even if they miss the postseason which I think they're going to do uh would could Carson Wentz be considered for it um yeah I would think so right oh I like that that's not a bad play new team yeah familiar coach uh, definitely less pressure, I think, in Indianapolis than in Philadelphia. That's a good play. I just think that it doesn't matter. I, I think that Tim Tebow could end up the starting quarterback and go 17 and 0. They're still going to give it to Dak Prescott. Okay. You know, you, you, he's definitely the heavy favorite. I'm just heavy. Yeah. That's the biggest problem that I have. <laughs> Christ. All right. We're, we're, we're lockstep right. on that, I think. My, my next line here new player, new team. Patrick Peterson. Okay. On the Vikings. Over three interceptions. Patrick Peterson on the Vikings. Xavier Rhodes still there? No, he's he's in uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Um, it always feels like Minnesota has, whenever they, every DB once a year has, has a big time, has a big year. Now, Patrick Peterson, I believe, went over three interceptions one time in Arizona, maybe twice. Well, people weren't throwing at him, though. No, but maybe they're thinking he's, he's a little long in the tooth. He's going to be 31 in July. Right. Um... He had three picks last year, two picks the year before. I, I, they're probably going to be in some track meets, too, in that team, in that stadium. This is a good one, Tor. I'm going to say under just because it looks like, you know what? You're right, though. People could try him more often as his age progresses. And if he looks a little a step slower earlier in the season, they could go after him more by the end, giving him more opportunities. Yeah. Tip balls and the like. I'm going to say under. I'll say, you know what? I even would be, I'm inclined to bet the push yeah. to say three <laughs> interceptions, but I'll take the under on that. I'll take, I'm, I'm going with the over. I think that he's going to pick off Andy Dalton at least twice. Mm. I, I just think that's that, that that's how it's going to go. You think that Andy Dalton's going to be starting twice well, when they play? He's either going to pick off Andy Dalton once or he's going to pick off Justin Fields in a welcome to the NFL. I'm, way, I'm Patrick Peterson. Does every time someone mentions Justin Fields, do they have to say QB1? They don't do that for oh. any other quarterback in the league. Why is that such a thing? It's very annoying. And also, what if what if Jordan Love is playing for Green Bay? I don't know. I got to take that into consideration. That's your QB1. Jordan Love, what if it's Blake Bortles playing for fucking Green Bay? 
He could pick him all three times in the first half. Is it just because Justin Fields is wearing the number one? It I don't has know. to be. I don't know. Maybe there was a quote during the draft that just every every single article that comes up about him, Justin Fields out there speaking like he's QB one. I'm like, do we use that terminology with every other rookie quarterback that's going to attempt to go in there and win a draft spot? I don't know. I haven't heard it for anyone else. The media just all the, everybody just everyone loves to preach and say, oh, I love, I want to see the best quarterback go out there and do it. Uh, healthy competition, spirit of competition. No. You're just picking and saying who you want to be the quarterback. You don't really want the competition because then your favorite player wouldn't win it. So you're pushing that narrative. Who's going to start more games this year, do you think? Cam Newton or Mac Jones? Cam Newton. I think so, too. It is interesting they brought back Hoyer uh, to be a camp arm. I don't know if that sets the stage for them moving on from Stidham, who I guess just not only embarrassed himself but fell completely out of favor up there. But a lot of people are saying, Tor, that the Brian Hoyer acquisition or re-signing by New England has more to do with cutting Newton than it does with Stidham. That if they are going through mini camps and they're going through this process and Mac Jones looks capable, that you get rid of Cam Newton and then there's less of a problem when you want to start Mac Jones. It's possible. I don't but know. They, they just loaded they, up so much. They I know. Spent so much money. I know. Maybe they're trying. Maybe they're really trying to help out uh, Cam. Seeing less workout videos from Cam Newton lately. Yeah, that's I don't mind good. that. I, it's actually a good thing. I, I mean, because I think football fans have kind of come around to the idea that most football players work out. Yeah. And most football players look pretty good when they're working out. Yeah. It really doesn't mean all that much. <laughs> I mean, I love Junior Gillette. God bless him. He tried to get back in the league for about 10 years. Posted nothing but really impressive workout videos. Never got another sniff. He was just a menace to Atlanta when he was in New Orleans. And he came 10 to years ago. Just, ugh. 10 years ago, brother. Is it your turn or is it my turn? Oh, you just did the Patrick Peterson one. Yeah. Over under. Eight sacks for Chase Young for the Washington football team's defense. He had seven and a half last year for this team. Eight sacks over under. What are you taking, Gigantor? Okay, here's the tricky thing that I face with Chase Young. What's that? What in the f- Tor, hit the music. Uh, Tor, the music now. <laughs> when you have somebody that's as talented as Chase Young. Yeah. And you are game planning for him. Unless you have an elite offensive tackle, you're going to have a lot of tight end chips on him. Okay. You're going to have a lot of uh, running backs that are going over to, to get a, a bump on him also to help out that offensive tackle. I am taking the under. If it was a tackle for loss over, I'd smash the over on that. But sacks, he's too dangerous. He could easily go out there. Now, this is just from my game planning standpoint, seeing when we were playing a guy who was legit um, – it's okay. We're gonna have some tight end help on these plays. Third and long, he's not getting a one on one. He could get some. He could. They, they're gonna drop stunts. I have to take the the under though. I think it's always gonna be the under for him, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think when you talk about pressures and hurries and hitting the quarterback and getting into the backfield and batted balls, like Chase Young is gonna be one of the best in the business. It's not as gaudy as some of these other statistics, but that game in the national championship game where people were bitching and moaning about him not getting any sacks, he was a menace the entire time. Right. I don't think it's a coincidence toward the last year Montez Sweat had nine sacks. And I think that if you put the over-under for Montez Sweat at eight sacks, for as long as these two are together, I would take the over for Sweat because I think that's what takes place is that you have to know 
where Chase Young is at all times on the field. He's one of those players. So you have to accommodate him, and that leaves more open for Sweat. So I would take the under on eight sacks for Chase Young. And I also think that he could have a Pro Bowl year with that under, even at that position. Now, Ryan Kerrigan quietly had, what, five and a half sacks last year? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you have as many guys in that repertoire that can get after these players. And, of course, you get one of these uh, injuries to that young front four. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they adapt. But they got depth. They drafted defense first overall again. Um, I think this is a tricky one because people say if it's under, then he's not progressing. But I don't think that's the case with this particular player. I think he's going to have to face Tyron Jones, twi- or Tyron Smith twice a year. And then the, the Giants, it's either he's going to be facing Nate Solder twice a year or Andrew Thomas twice a year. Andrew Thomas right now sitting in the second team. I, I don't know how yeah, old this depth chart is. a disappointment, is, I would say. Yeah. Uh, great fourth overall pick that was, By the way, that's a guy that I was hoping that would slip to, the, to Washington. Like, oh, that yeah. was a guy that I was hoping they could have a chance at. But, uh, yeah... I, Capable of having 20 sacks, but player teams are just going to game plan against Chase Young too much. They just will. But I also, but like I said, he could be incredibly effective. Yes, and just not be as gaudy in those uh, in those statistical categories. Right. All right. My next line here: Saquon Barkley returning to the field this year. Mm. We're not going to go scrimmage yards because we know he catches a lot of passes. He does Saquon Barkley over under 1150 rush yards? Ooh. Just rushing yards? Yes. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go way under. I think he gets hurt again. Um, I think it's difficult to come back from an injury like this. and be. I mean, look at all the running backs that we have seen have devastating injuries and never be quite the same guy ever again. Uh, I don't think that they even use running backs that way any longer as much traditionally in the NFL as a whole. Um, if you if you told me like 1,300 all-purpose yards, I'd be more inclined to do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's an injury. I'm going to go under. And also, Tor, because the Giants are – there's some weird sneaky buzz around the Giants. I don't know if it's because of the free agency. People like their draft. The fact they had a GM that never made trades in the draft, and now he made trades, and they just think all the trades are good now. I, I don't know what that's all about, but I think it's possible they're the worst team in the division, and I think it's very possible they're behind most of the year, in which case Daniel Jones is throwing the ball over the field, and we know he loves to turn the ball over. So, uh well, it, it, it will not surprise me if Saquon goes for a buck 40 and two touchdowns in both matchups against Washington because that's just what giant running backs do. Uh, I'm going to take the under as far as rushing yards for him. Gotcha. Uh, rookie year, he had 1,300. Sophomore year, he had 1,000. I think if he's really – I mean, because he got hurt early, early in the year last year. Right. I think with that much time lost, if he had gotten hurt like week eight, may I, I might, I'd be more comfortable with the under, but um, – I average those out. I think 11.50, he could hit the over. I just do. It's weird to me because it, it feels like you go back to the debate, either him or Sam Darnold, and I think that probably Sam Darnold's run out of town already if he's a Giants quarterback. I still My next uh, over-under is about Sam Darnold, but um, I, I just think the process by which Saquon Barkley was drafted is flawed, and I don't care how tremendous a player he is, and if he goes to the Hall of Fame, I still would never want my general manager to do what they did, um, but it, it gives me the... RG3 Rams trade vibe where you're like, well, there's got to be a winner and there's got to be a loser, and there wasn't. There was two losers, and I think that that would have been whatever pick they took there, uh, the Giants in that draft. So, I don't know. I like him as a player, but I don't like the process by which he was acquired. My last one, Tor. Yeah. Sam Darnold, remember, 17 games, 3,500 yards passing this season. Mm. Over, under. 
Okay, I know he's reunited with Robbie Anderson in Carolina. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Not too shabby for the skill position players. Yeah, McCaffrey's probably going to have 500 yards receiving alone. Uh, they lose Greg, oh, Greg Olson. They already lost. But uh, yeah. the tight end, Dan Arnold. Don't know much about him. Shaq yeah. Thompson's on that team. Defense looks good. They made some actors. They spent some money this offseason. Uh, I would. They lost. Oh, 35 hunch. I don't know. I think he's going to – I thought you were going to go with interceptions. I was going to take the over on that. Well, this is – to me, this also means he's starting the whole year. If he gets to 3,500 yards. And, of course, P.J. Walker is on that team from XFL fame. And then I believe Will Greer, who they drafted out of uh, West Virginia, is still there. But he got a chance to play at the end of uh, Rivera's tenure after he had been sacked. Didn't look very good in Scott Turner's offense. I'll say the under. I know he's going to throw for 800 yards against Atlanta in two matchups. But – the Saints have a good defensive backfield with Lattimore. He's going to shut him down. And then you got your guy uh, Sean Murphy Bunting on Tampa Bay who's going to who's gonna hurt them. You think he'll get mentioned on yeah. television whenever he's playing? <laughs> what Jesus about Antoine Winfield Christ. Jr.? Hey, did you know his dad played in the NFL? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> First time it's ever been brought up. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to hit the under. I think he throws for like 3,400. Well, no, 17 games, though. How? No, well... Under McCaffrey's going to get a lot of touches. He's, he's going to be the offense. I'm a Sam Bradford for some. Sam, I keep saying that. I'm a Sam Darnold. I don't know if "fan" is the right word. I've watched him make enough plays where I think that he's a guy that can get it done. Um, the Matt Rule offense. You know, Joe Brady being brought in there. You know, we kind of lose sight of the fact they're so unconventional with the way the games are going to be called. I don't have the animosity for Teddy Bridgewater that a lot of other people do, but he is the definition of a game manager a bridge type of quarterback guy and i think that you know you're coming off what is it two years off of that injury for mccaffrey this motherfucker can go for 1200 yards to the year by himself now they're gonna miss curtis samuel who of course left for washington but yeah i don't even think 3500 yards in a 60 game season means a great season I-, I think he starts the whole year i think it's possible they're you know seven eight wins they are improved um and I think you still have a bunch of question marks at the end of the season as well as to whether or not he's a guy you want to build your entire organization around. But right now, it certainly looks like that's the type of guy that he is for them. He, I agree. Now, my last line here, Justin Herbert, over under 4,500 yards mm. this year. That's a tough one. Um, so I, how many games did Justin, did a Tyrod Taylor start? Uh, I don't, I think he started Three or four. one. I, I can't remember when he got... His I thought it was lung punctured. I thought it was, God, that was awful, right? And the guy was like giving him injection and punctured his lung, right? And he'll never start again because of that shit, right? God, I would sue so many people if I could. Yeah, Herbert played 15 games. 15 games. He had 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Motherfucker is a stud. And look, I love Chase Young, but Washington fans were there presented with if you could go back and draft this guy again or draft Chase Young. And they say anything, but I would take Justin Herbert. You're just not being honest with yourself. Right. He checks all the boxes, man. He's only 23. I think he's only going to get better. Um, 4,500 yards. They're probably they're in a division where you got a couple teams that can really air it out. Uh, yeah, I think I will take the over. 17 weeks. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he touched 5,000 yards in 17 weeks. Of course, we've seen Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all those guys do it in 16 weeks. So, um, yeah, I, that's an enormous number, but I absolutely think he's capable of it. Ripley, you make a great point. And uh, that's Ripley Dukes, everybody, giving her analyses. She's a big Justin Herbert fan. Uh, I'll take the over. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess 4,817 yards now, on the nose. I do fall into worry about the sophomore slump sometimes. Okay. I, 
I don't know, but there's with Herbert, it's not like there's much to figure out. It's you know he's he's pass first, he's mobile too. Maybe you put a spy on him on third and six, whatever. I'm, I'll, I'll hit the over. I think he, I think he might go for like forty six fifty, maybe forty seven hundred in that in that ballpark. His receivers are too good. He's got Mike Williams. He's got uh, Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler's returning. It, it's too talented of a team for him not to have forty eight hundred. He's a stud, and they got about three guys that can actually catch passes out of the backfield as well for that team. Um, yeah, yeah, I love uh, I love the Chargers. I don't think they're going to win the division this year, but I think they'll win the division while he's there and Pat Mahomes is there. You know what I mean? Like, I think those guys could do a bit of a Marino uh, Elway type of deal yeah. for a couple of years. That was good. I like that. Very much fun. Uh, yeah. Very much fun. Very much fun? Is that so what you said? Stupid. Yeah. Did you say very much fun? Yeah. Here's a quick one for you. Very much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, over under catches for Tim Tebow in the entirety of the 2021 season set at 30. Under. I'd say under. He might get like 20, maybe. I, I don't think he's going to play as much as people think either. You know, I think you'll see him out there. I think he'll be on the team. I don't see them cutting him moving forward, but I don't think he's going to get the opportunities that everybody believes that he's going to. All right, that is a lot of fun. Very, very good. Okay, uh, it is the Chad Dukes show. Of course, I've got to tell you guys about our great sponsor, Fourth Dimension Fun Center, 4725 Arcadia Drive in Frederick, Maryland. Friendos, this place is a palace. You need to check out their Instagram. It's at 4D Fun Center. Here's what they have. 16 lanes of bowling, full alcohol, full food service, full restaurant, 24 beers on tap. They got eight wines. They also have 100-ounce beer towers for guys that are tour size. I think they're supposed to be for groups or tours. If you bring tours with you, I think you can just get one for yourself. Stone fr- I mean, this is not Gigantor. This is not bowling alley food. They got stone-fired pizzas, gourmet burgers. They got their own signature Nashville hot chicken sandwich. They make it from scratch. Mm. That goes along with all the arcade games, shuffleboard, billiards, escape rooms, laser tag. They got it all. We're going to head up there. We're going to do some bowling. You should check it out as well. Fourth Dimension Fun Center in Frederick, Maryland. Head on over there. Tell them you heard about them on the Chad Dukes show. The place is a palace. Uh, you can see the Instagram, all the different videos and all the walkthroughs and stuff at 4D Fun Center. Give them a follow and let them know that the shootster was talking about them. That place looks super cool. All right. So you missed out quite a bit. If you're not a subscriber to the Chad Dukes show tonight, there is a Hootenanny. Chad Dukes show Friday night Hootenanny. It is live. It is free to watch. It is 7 p.m. on Facebook.com slash Chad Dukes show. So if you're itching for more content, circle back around with us, maybe Turn on those notifications on our Facebook page so you know when we're going live. We will be going live right around 7 p.m. tonight if you are listening on Friday. But last Friday, I had a chance to check out our very good friends, Reverend Peyton's big damn band, who actually played a concert here. Concert, live music at the Tally Ho. It was a hoot, and there were some hijinks that took place. So if you if you don't know, now you know on The Chad Duke Show. If you're feeling hungry, go check out the show's presenting sponsor, Monk's Barbecue in Purcellville, Virginia. You can follow Monk's on Twitter and Instagram at Monk's BBQ. That's at Monk's BBQ on Instagram and Twitter. Hey everybody, Tor here. I'm sure you've heard it on the show before, but the Manscaped 4.0 trimmer has launched and it's bigger and better than ever. This trimmer is fantastic. I can see a lot of you have been purchasing them and supporting our partners at Manscaped with the code DUKES, D-U-K-E-S, for 20% off and free shipping on manscaped.com. 
The 4.0 is a fantastic trimmer. It is getting hot out. You're going to need a haircut on the top of your head and down below the belt. Go get one today at Manscaped.com. It features a 4000K LED spotlight so you can trim in any condition. The motor is strong. The light is fantastic. You have more additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. You can customize however you want to groom with this brand new Manscaped 4.0 trimmer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DUKES at Manscaped.com. Make sure you sign up for the Chad Duke Show mailing list on chaddukeshow.com. Be the first to know what's happening on the program and maybe even win a prize or two. We promise we won't fill up your inbox with tasteful nudes. Well, we promise we'll truly make an effort not to. I did want to say thank you to everybody that came up and said hi and everybody that came out on Friday. Sport, uh, the Reverend Peyton, Big Damn Band, uh, Rev Max, and Breezy. Uh, the Tally Ho, where, of course, I've done... I think I've done two 106.7 The Fan lives out there, um, which was my idea, of course. I didn't get any fucking money for it. Um, and then and then they fired me. Um, I did uh, the Chad Duke's Veterans Day Jamboree out there twice. Um, I, I like that place. I like that place a lot. I like Leesburg a lot. They got a great staff. Everybody remembered me, which was nice. After I was uh, some summarily executed, I thought maybe I wouldn't be as welcome, but they were very accommodating, and I greatly appreciate that. Walked in, and I didn't know what to expect, Tor, because it is still the dawning of the age of uh, the coronavirus, and uh, it was before the CDC mandates kind of came down, where I guess now we're going to be able to walk around a little bit more with, without having to wear the mask and stand uh, so far apart, which is good. It's good, it's good news. But it was, uh, I think the venue holds about 550-some-odd seats. I sold, I sold it out for the second jamboree. I sold it out. The Reverend Peyton and Wrinkle Neck Mule sold it out. The second jamboree, though, I think it was about 565 uh, seats. And, of course, all that money went to stop soldier suicide. And then they uh, broke off their relationship with me and decided not to accept any more of my money. So looking for a new veteran-based uh, charity, if anybody has uh, got one in mind that could use some help from an odious character such as myself. Uh, but anyway, that's Sour Grapes. Get there. Uh, I think they only sold about 155 seats to this bad boy. It was completely sold out. Uh, it was social distance in that, that we... we sat at tables and then you would scan the barcode on the table and they they actually technologically i don't know if you ever did that joe i noticed you drinking a lot of free beers that night um <laughs> i just know that i ordered joe i think seven bold rock ciders in tall boys he drank them all and i kept waiting for someone else to be like i'll get the next round nobody did so it was just you know me replenishing the table maybe there was some drinking going on earlier that they weren't taking care of i have no idea but it was all on shoot and also i drove out there um oh, no. it is what it is i'm happy to do it i'm a, <laughs> i we all wanted to go out it was the gas shortage too like everybody was still worried to her about gas and i had just filled up so i still had three quarters of a tank and it was it's fine i have no problem doing that um drinking and uh i go up and I, I see the band beforehand and they're in good spirits and it's fun to talk to them and they were just down here of course to do the, the podcast and maybe I don't know, i'm gonna ask them if i can talk about why they were really down here uh before moving forward before i just discuss it but um it's always great to see them they're just fun people they're positive people and they're very excited to play a live show and they just fucking destroyed like they just ripped it and i've seen that band probably more than any band i've ever seen in my life simply because they always come through dc probably twice a year and i go to every single show and have since i've met them um 
it's the best set I think I've ever seen, which is weird considering it was this giant cavernous room and we're all sitting at tables. And let me tell you, there were some fucking characters there that night. We'll get to a little bit of that. But the mix of the old shit and the new shit and their new albums is absolutely superb. I mean, they have some songs on there that are just like, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm insulting the dude or the, the band, but like there's Rev Payton makes great Rev Payton songs, you know, and I fucking love them and they're unique and they're different. And just what the way they do their stuff is just different than everybody else. But he's got some songs on this album that are like, if I was just fucking channel surfing, like, oh, that's being played on mix 107.3 or DC 101 or whatever. And I don't know how to say that tour without sounding insulting. Because maybe it sounds like I'm saying they sold out, or maybe it sounds like I'm saying that these are better songs than their old. I'm not. It just, you know what I mean? Like, if you were watching a Cadillac commercial, you could hear this song being played in the background. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think in albums, there's a couple that I, I think it could be strategic or it could just be creative with the, right. the music sphere that everybody's in right now. And I would, I don't think anybody should ever get uh, knocked for it. Uh, it, it. Every artist has a couple radio singles and they have nine other songs on an album that yeah. that the fans can really feel a little bit but if it is truly calculated maybe put out a couple songs that that are a little more light a little more i guess not oh what am i going to say here not it, it, i know what you're i know like it's difficult to, is that the word it's I'm difficult for? to say what you're trying to say without sounding like it's a negative thing and it's fucking not right um I, I think that there is an art to being able to make a song that if you're a fucking hardcore blues fan and you follow this band around, they will enjoy, but also the dickheads that just would watch a Powerade commercial and the song is playing in the background, they might Shazam it and say, I like that thing. Like, that's fucking hard to do. And that's why I always give bands like Metallica and bands like Aerosmith and all these bands that have been able to keep their hardcore fans but also bring in a massive casual audience and be able to do it for 40 years 50 years it's like you just it's got to be an almost impossible thing to do uh, there's a song i want to put it at the end of the episode if you don't mind tour sure. um i've heard it a couple times just because i've run through the record a couple times i've never heard them do it live but it's called i'll pick you up and then you fucking listen to this song and i told him and i get i think i'm worried he was insulted i said it sounds like a john mellencamp song where it just sounds like a song that I, I feel like if I was listening to it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this has been played on classic rock radio uh, and I'm used to it. And, it, you know, I tap my foot. And I know all the words. Um, it's it's really high praise, at least for me. I don't know how much it means, but um, I want everybody to just listen to it at the end of the show. If you haven't ever checked out Reverend Payton's music and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. And hopefully hearing it, it'll give you an, an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, and just seeing it live was absolutely incredible. So <clears throat> two things. One. um, Reverend Peyton has some really interesting people that come out to see him. Uh, a lot of them are very nice. A lot of them are very cool. A lot of our listeners are out there. I saw a lot of people. Blackout Bruce was out there. Sean and Ellie was out there. The Rednecks, the Fredericksburg Rednecks were out there. I saw a shitload of people out there. Uh, they all came up and said hi. Please come up and say hi. I had a couple people tweet me afterwards saying I didn't want to bother you. And I'm like, you're not going to bother me. Just fucking come up. I had another guy take a creepy video of my table, <laughs> which was not that cool. Um, but that's fine. Uh Two things. One, there's a motherfucker that comes out to every Rev Payton show in D.C. I call him the cacaw guy. Because after every fucking song, he waits for the applause to die down. And then he goes, cacaw, at the top of his lungs. Right? Mm. To me, who this dude is, is you know the motherfuckers that are watching Tiger Woods play golf. And the second he makes contact with the ball, they scream out, get in the hole. Yeah. What, what are those people doing, Tor, in your opinion? A bit. 
Right, but what else are they also doing? What is their goal? Making it about themselves. Thank you. They're making it all about themselves. It has nothing to do about what you're watching or the greatness or the work or the pageantry. It's all about this is a dumb way for my dumb ass to get a dumb little piece of attention, even if it's negative attention. Because everybody hates those guys. Everybody wants to beat those guys to death with ball clubs. Uh, At least golf fans that I speak to. This motherfucker screams out caca after every song, and I... I have talked to the Rev about him, and I'm like, can you fucking say something into the mic and tell that guy to stop doing that? Like, would that be too much? He's like, man, I don't care. Like, everything's great, man. I appreciate him coming. You know, these are good people. I'm not a good person. I like, I looked one time, I looked at the Kakao guy, and I just stared at him the whole time. Stared at him the whole time because we were down on the floor. I've never been able to see him. Last time we saw him at the Hard Rock, uh, not the Hard Rock, the Rock and Roll, what is it? The fucking, what is that place we went to? The Hamilton. He was two people over from me, and I just watched him the whole time do the cacao bit. And every once in a while, he'd turn over, and he would just lock eyes with me. And I'm like, I see you, motherfucker. I know who you are, and I know you're trying to ruin all this by making it all about yourself. But he'll stick to the bit. I fucking hate that guy. And I wish I was wired in a way where it didn't take me out of the fucking show because I'm like, I want to go over and just tell him to shut the fuck up. Like, please stop doing this. Nobody. I think he thinks eventually everyone's going to be cacaoing with him, but no one's going to ever cacao with him. If he's ever locked up for a DWI, I'll be cacawing at him from outside the fucking squad car. That's the only time it's going to happen. That guy was there. Of course he was fucking there. Then, I think a lot of foreign people love the Rev. And when I mean foreign people, I mean Europeans. I think he does really well when he tours in Europe. At this concert, Ant-Man spent Friday, let me go through it. He picked up the whole tab at Flying Ace. It was 300 bucks. He um, he bought tickets for us to go see Dead and Company before they went on sale, so he spent double from a scalper. I think that was about five hundred bucks. Then he jumped into my gaming live stream in a drunk blackout from Patriots and dropped another five hundred bucks. So I think he spent about two thousand dollars on Friday, right? By the way, I'm begging him the whole time. I'm like, hey, man, please stop. You don't understand how stars work. You don't understand what you're doing. And he's just dropping ten thousand stars, ten thousand stars, ten thousand stars. Because he was, he was blackout drunk. Anyway, I told you that story to tell you this one. Um, I wanted to say, hey, thanks. Appreciate everything you did yesterday. So Rev has these cigar box guitars. They're literally a guitar made out of a cigar box. And he has them made by his uncle to his specifications. Because I guess there, there is a whole, did you know about this? There's a whole cigar box guitar community. Like they what? do conventions. They do shows. I think Rev's played some of these shows. And people like take pride in making these cigar box guitars out of little, literally cigar boxes is what I'm trying to say. Um, and you can play them. You, you can play these guitars. Well, he can't. I can't. Um, so every show that he goes to, they put the washboard, the breeze he plays that night, and they put like a, a guitar signed by all of them made by his uncle on sale. And there's only like a couple of them. So I always try to buy one. Like one year I went and I bought everybody in Ponytails and Cocktails one because you'd support the band and you you need something fun for your friend. I know Ant-Man loves the Rig Dan band. I know he loves autograph shit. So I bought him the guitar. So I said, I'll take the the guitar off the wall. They gave it to me. And I take it over to him and I give it to him. And I said, here is the guitar. I want you to take this guitar and you enjoy it because I know you like music and you can hang it on your wall or whatever. He's like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Um... But then the rest of the night, he's holding the guitar, so he's just literally sitting there staring straight ahead like a fucking zombie, not clapping, not interacting at all, and it's awkward 
because like a song will end, everyone goes crazy, and he's just like, and I'm like, hey man, why don't you clap? He's like, I gotta hold my guitar, man. Can't let anything happen to it. And I'm like, all right, that was a mistake. So that's going on to my left. To my right are two German weirdos. They see Ant-Man holding this guitar, right? Yeah. One of them comes over. Oh, is that one of the guitars? Deutschland. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And he's like, we were thinking about buying one ourselves. And I was like, I don't know. Why are you from Sweden? And um, they fucking like grab it from him and are like looking at it or whatever. And they give it back. They're nice. They're just very enthusiastic. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, wow, that's really weird. Like that's, they're very comfortable coming up to strangers and, you know, kind of, they're not really worried about COVID clearly. There's no mask being worn. Um, these two motherfuckers start dancing when the show starts. And when I tell you they're dancing, <laughs> Joe, what, what would you say? Is this, is this the right way, what they were doing? Oh, and they would lock arms. I didn't know if they were father and son, if they're friends, if they're a couple. I had no idea. But they would lock arms and do-si-do. Okay? Now, you're supposed to be staying at your table is what's supposed to be happening because of COVID. But nobody's saying anything. I didn't give a fuck. Sure. They start, when I tell you, Tor, I'm sitting here. Let's say Joe is sitting where the cameras are. Mm -hmm. That That's that much space in between us. They would dance over to our table, get in between me and Joe, and just be punching and throwing arms and rubbing up against you and fucking going crazy. And I, the guy sweat on me about a hundred times. And I'm like, what the fuck is this all about? Like, are they, do they think they're at a rave? Like, is this something that happens where they're from? Like, how is this acceptable? And at one point, I just go, hey man, you mind moving over? And he, I guess, didn't hear me. So I literally just put my hand on his side and kind of just pushed him over about three feet to the right yeah and he turns around and goes oh I, i'm sorry i'm sorry and i'm like don't worry about it bro have fun do you do you and without fail each time they would dance right back over to where they were and at one point i see the guys like rubbing his dick against joe's back like like humping joe's back were they rolling off of e i don't know they must have been but then they, they would also yell like you know you think you're corny they would yell the worst one-liners out ever in between the songs so Rev likes to pontificate a little bit, right? Like he's a raconteur, like he'll tell you about the songs, he'll tell you about where he was when he wrote it. Yeah. It's very interesting. He's a very good orator. And then Breezy's just shitting on him the whole time. It's a very funny dichotomy. Like he'll be going off about something. Breezy's like, could you please just play the goddamn song? Like it's it's very funny. They put on a good show. So Rev's like, you know, I've had this beard since I was 17. And you know, I, I just had a birthday recently. And the guy yells out, what did you turn 18? <laughs> That's his zing. <laughs> And I just want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> so there's, there's another song. Rev's trying to describe it. He goes, I think this is the best song on the whole album, but Breezy disagrees with me. The guy yells out, but it's still a very good song. <laughs> oh, God. Last song. <laughs> Like they, I could tell Rev wanted to say because for people that don't know, if Reverend Peyton goes to a place where they have tables, he demands they move all the tables out so there's a dance floor. Like I've seen them do this multiple times. He doesn't want to play a show where people are sitting at tables and staring at him. So I could tell two or three times during the concert he was about to tell everybody to get up and start dancing, but he couldn't because COVID. Very last song of the night. He says, all right, everybody's got to stand up. They can't fucking throw us off now. You know, it, it, was, it was fun. 
this guy, there is a drop in the silence where he's about to fucking start the whole spiel about two bottles of wine or whatever. This guy yells out, I'm going to be shaking my booty off for you. At this point, I got to like the enthusiasm. I, I got to kind of get into okay, it. Okay, but you're sitting here with me and, and it's not Friday night and this guy's an inch from your fucking shoulder on the right hand side. Okay, now I know. Okay, now I can disasso- oh. disassociate from the enthusiasm. And I think the reason why all these weirdos were way more prominent is because there were just less people. Like generally you're packed all in at a dance floor and you're not fucking having to deal with it. And also he just plays like melt face melting loud. And so if you're up front, you're just not going to hear anything else. Um it was a fucking, it was a goddamn, it was like a wax museum come to life in that audience. That is, I don't know what it, I went to a concert in college. It was Machine Gun Kelly and Young Thug. They were on <laughs> I tour. I think I've heard about this concert one or two times. They were on tour together. You should go to more concerts. Well, I saw some live music on Saturday. You did? At uh, Renegade, a bar in Arlington where they do live music, big stage. Very, okay. Very fun. First who, time going there. Who was playing? Uh, cover band. They were just playing a bunch of Americana stuff. They were good. They were live. It had some energy. Did they play Jesse's Girl? No, they didn't play no. Jesse's Girl. Damn. I don't know. They played some Bon Jovi. It, 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 whatever. Uh, I'm at this concert, and Machine Gun Kelly fans are like early 2000s fans of the rap rock. Okay. That's kind of what he does. They're pretty intense. Well, not anymore, right? Isn't he kind of like a pop emo guy now? He's more towards rock and hardcore, like like punk stuff. Okay. So that's, that's his evolution, and I guess that tapped into a whole bunch of people that were missing that. So they're there, and then... The other part of the crowd is Young Thug fans. Sure. Because he's very popular. He's my favorite artist. All that. I, very different demographic, I assume? Uh, not really. It's He's he's kind of ubiquitous, everybody. Right. But um, you could tell the Machine Gun Kelly fans. And because they were acting like they were at an ICP show, the way where they were throwing their bodies around during his moshing. songs. They were moshing. And I had my girlfriend with me at the time. Baby girl. And I had to hold on. I'll handle this for you. I got some sambuca. I'm gonna dump it right down the side of your fucking dress. And the <laughs> the whole time, I got a whole bucket of sambuca. I'm gonna dump down the back of your dress, baby girl. I'm trying my best to like enjoy the concert, but I also have like you got her in a rear naked choke, so well, it's like difficult. Well, I've got like a, a 260 pound girl to my left that is just nice. going all out. She drove all the way in from Winchester. No. This is in college. I didn't know that, but. I'm telling you, I've never seen someone move so angrily in my life. And she's bumping sure. the hell out of me. I'm like, what are you doing? Get away from me. Get away from me. <laughs> I'm going to have sex with you in three years working on Dukes' show. <laughs> then what happened? I don't know. It was just, I get it. I, I understand that there's, it feels like at times there's a time and place to be raging like yeah, that Yeah, but at a dude, concert. those fucking types of, like, they always try to do that. Like, here's a rapper. They couldn't even, remember when, um... It was, I think, 50 Cent and Jay-Z went out on tour. It's just when you get two different fan bases, they're always like, oh, this will be the same fan base. I remember Bruce was telling me one time about Primus and Clutch going out on tour. And I'm like, first of all, everyone that likes those bands is really fucking weird. Second of all, all those bands suck. So you have like this weird <laughs> defensive fan base for both of them. I don't know. I just, I never think that it works. Like you can either do a festival or you should do an opening band, but when it's like, oh, we're going to do a, a dual headlining type situation, it, it that never meshes all that well. Yeah, because there's just different ways. I would have taken the uh, the the ring around the rosy dance that right. those guys were doing, opposed to this is the move that I got hit with. You ready? Right here, let's see it. Okay. Right, Tor's standing up here. No, it's it, uh, this is about her height. I'm just stay sitting down. Okay. You know, boom. 
Well, she was probably trying to start moshing, right? Was there a mosh pit? No, it was like six people, and she's the only one losing her mind. Everyone else is yelling with their, yeah, yeah. Well, if she's a big, was she a great big fat person? Yes. Was she a great big fat person? She might have been looking for attention any way she could get it, to be honest with you. Because like, if there's other girls there that look better, she's probably used to them getting more attention. I'm just speculating, but it probably yeah. sounds like that's what it was. You also went to a Machine Gun Kelly Young Thug concert. I, yeah, what I know. the fuck did you I, expect? Yeah, I know. You should go to you should go to a good music concert. I know you've never been to one of those because it's that and ponytails and cocktails. It's the only thing you've ever been to. Um, that being said, it was it was a fabulous fabulous uh, concert, and it was uh, very very cool to see them, and uh, it was fun. It was a good time. Um, all right, there's a couple of things we need to get to today. I definitely want to talk about Ryan Kerrigan. I want to talk about Branco Solutions first, though, Tor. You know I love them. Uh, general contracting, commercial and residential contracting, they do it all. They are national property management services. Basically, the way that I describe it is whatever you need done. I've had concrete work done by them. They're fixing a fence. They do plumbing. They do electrical. They do property management. They do waste removal. They do snow removal. They do landscaping. Anything you need. And you get a discount if you uh, use them by calling our special hotline for Branco Solutions. That's right. They set up our own extension. It's 866-827-3626. You just hit extension three. That's it. 866-827-3626. You're going to either get a personal answer. They're a live person. Or if they're not around, if there is after business hours, a live person will call you back. And you immediately get a discount off of whatever you're booking them for because of the Chad Dukes show. You can't beat that deal. Tremendous deal. God bless them. Uh, they've been supporters of the show since the beginning. I had uh, Brent, one of the owners, he was sitting right across from me here in this studio and said, whatever you need, I want to support you. And uh, they've already booked lots of jobs through all the uh, the wonderful friendos here on this show. So keep doing that. 866-827-3626. Use extension three. That's Brenco Solutions. And they are good eggs out there. <sighs> so get to the last portion of this recap tour and then we will move on. But um, I posted a picture on at Chad Duke's show. And it was of the Sahara Desert because I wanted to post a place that was cooler than this studio. Um, I posted another. He's not picking up on it. It just. I... How long do you think he would just sit there staring at you? Joe, please turn down the thermostat. <laughs> you saw how long it took him to see. He did not want to do I that. I love him. I mean, I love Joe to death. He's wearing a Percy Pelican shirt. He brought breakfast burritos today. He's got the swords. But I just. I just, I don't know how else, I, I feel badly just demanding every fucking five to five minutes to turn a thermostat down. I thought maybe if I slipped the jab with a joke, it would work, but he was just, I looked over there and he was in his totem pole mode. Are you not sweating at all, Joe? Your hands are, aren't He's claiming. always comfortable, yeah, I, which yes. by the way, bears relevance in this story. So if you go to now, Tor, do me a favor. Do you have your phone there? I do. Yes. Is your phone capable of going to Instagram? Yes. Okay. Go to at Chad Duke's show on Instagram, if you don't mind. Gotcha. Now. It's not the last picture I posted, because the last picture I posted is of our buddy Neil Grandsland Barbecue, who is in the top five nicest guys, and uh, Brian Monk, who is top five generous guy, but is too much of a hit at to be in the top five nicest guys. He doesn't really like when I say that. Um, they're sitting at Flying Ace Farm enjoying some nice brown liquor. Went out there on Thursday. Absolutely un. I, I don't know what you motherfuckers are doing that you don't play hooky either on Thursday or Friday and go out to that place. Tor, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, he Tor ghosted us again going out to Flying A's. They got a seltzer. They got a, I think it's a mango pineapple seltzer. 
It might be the best seltzer I've ever had. They got it on draft out there, Flying Ace. Love that place. It's absolutely spectacular. Um, but anyway, point being, on Thursday, I posted a picture of those guys hanging out. The picture before that, it's a picture of uh, Ant-Man, the Ant-Man. Not, uh, that's it. That's it right there. I can't look at this anymore. Well, I, that, I lost. So I posted that picture, and five people unfollowed the account immediately. You know what? That's that's the under that I would have predicted. Yeah, that's a shoot, by the way. Um, is would you describe the picture? You just did you just give the shiver? It's chilling to the bone. Um, it's, it's describe what it looks like. It's daunting. Uh, okay, so it's a picture of Ant Man and what looks to be a car. I believe that's a car seat in front of him. It mm. might be in the back seat. He's wearing a, uh, a Steel Woods shirt, big black shirt, logo in the front. I know it's a big uh, good man. Yeah. And then he's uh, he's making a face, and um, his mouth is kind of ajar, and you see his little tongue, and you see his little teeth, and then you see his eyes. There's no color in the eyes. No, like in, in the, lifeless in, eyes. In the pupils. They're, like a doll's eyes. They roll over backward. You hear all that high-pitched screaming. He's either really- Saw I need a rocking chair one time. <laughs> not sure I'll do that cage. Might eat it, I suppose. <laughs> Chief, I see you got your rubbers. Front bow, back stern. Sorry. <laughs> he's either really intensely in a conversation or he's giving you the, the mile-long stare into nothing. The thin nose, uh, the yeah. dead eyes, the uh, crooked teeth. Um, look, no one would look good in the, fo- in the, in the, he was, this was clearly captured as he's in the middle of screaming. Yes. Um, no one would look good in Ant-Man's defense. Uh, and he did not uh, pose for that picture. But it, there's something about that picture where I feel like that's the last thing I'm going to see as the screwdriver is plunged in between my ribs. Um, he, he looks like a menace is what he looks like. Somebody said he looked like the Wicked Witch of the West if he took all the green face paint off. And I, I thought that was a little mean, but it's also kind of spot on if you notice, Tor. Oh, I do now. Yeah. So what do you think was going on when that face was made? I think I'd say probably very inebriated. Um, okay, check that box. Absolutely. I think he probably it was he's definitely in a conversation, possibly with you mm-hmm. or whoever was in the front seat. Mm. Uh, did you? It looks like maybe he was hit with a taser, you oh, know, yeah. or maybe his leg is on fire. I mean, I've never seen his eyes that wide before. No, and they're still so they're still so narrow. It's odd. Um, here's what happened. We get out of the tally-ho. It was about, I'm going to conservatively say 175 million degrees. Okay. Um, we walk to the truck. It's up on the top of the parking garage next to the tally-ho. Sure. We get in. Uh, it's a nice spring night. I think it was about 56, 57 degrees. I roll down my window when we get in. Uh, and uh, I think Big Rig rolls down his window. And I think Joe rolls down his window. We start driving. We're not on a highway. We're just driving through Leesburg on the way home. Also, those guys, those guys had a shitload of beers, and I just didn't want the fucking car to just reek of fucking alcohol if we got pulled over, which I think is a prudent thing to do. Yes. Ant-Man starts bitching. Hey, can you put up the windows? It's fucking cold in here, man. I'm freezing. I've never... And he says this. I've never been this cold in my life. And what you got to understand about this kid is... What are you writing down? want to make sure that i have this in writing he says i've never been this cold in my life and what you have to understand is that ant-man cannot take one scintilla of discomfort 
if it is one degree too hot or one degree too cold, there is endless bitching. Now, you saw this firsthand tour when we were down at Devil's Backbone, and you were sitting in the exact same sun that he was drinking beers. You didn't bitch one time. He bitched for two and a half straight hours. Yes, it was warm and the sun was on me. I was drinking a beer with friends. It was... It, Beautiful what, location. Yes, What's the point in making one grievance in this point? Life is good. Yeah, and even if it's not, suck it up and realize everyone's hanging out and having a good time. Maybe they don't want to hear you bitching constantly, nonstop, right? So we're driving home, and he's just belly aching. He's in the back, and he starts rolling around on the floor. I'm so cold. I can't take it. Please put up the window, big rig. I make the point, Ant-Man, we're all sitting in the same car. The, the temperature is the same for all of us. Nobody else is having a problem. I'm in the back seat. There's more wind in the back seat. Everybody knows that. Well, I don't know that everyone knows that. Joe's sitting right next to you. He's perfectly fine. Joe's stupid. He's dumb. He's ugly. I hate him. He's poor. Just viciously attacking Joe because Joe isn't cold. So then I decide, all right. This, this boy clearly is not getting enough discipline in his life. I need to show him what's what. I say, hey, man, do you think it would do you any good maybe to be uncomfortable for a little while, realize you can survive it, and that you could handle your uncomfort a little bit more uh, maturely than what you're doing right now? I said, because what you're doing right now is I got to level with you. It's fucking embarrassing. Like, if you conduct yourself anywhere outside the car like this, it's just, it ain't going to work. Like, no one's going to respect you if you can't be cold for a couple of minutes. Sure. Fuck it, it's cold out there, but... All right. Luckily, my automobile comes with that safety feature where you could turn off control over all the windows. I put his window down. I put all four windows down. I open the sunroof. And I say, you're going to sit back there for 10 minutes and fucking you're going to be cold. And you're going to shut the fuck up. And if you if you stay quiet and just fucking bear through it, I'll put the windows back up. But I'm going to teach you live lesson. It's fucking cold back here. I can't tell you it's cold. You start 10 minutes right now. Drive up the road. He's in the back. Fucking, you got his shirt pulled up over his head. Joe eventually takes his sweatshirt and wraps it around Ant Man because he's shivering and convulsing so badly in the back. I'm looking at this and I'm like, dude, how are you ever gonna have a wife? Like, how are you ever gonna move out of your parents? Like, how are you ever gonna do anything if this is the way that you conduct yourself? And I don't want to get too heavy with it because we just had fun. We're at a concert. It's supposed to be a funny little gag. But, like, I really worry about the kid because, like, he had no pro- – it wasn't just that he was responding this way. He had no problems showing us that this is how he responded to just minute discomfort. Uh, a couple things on this. Uh, was he ingesting a bunch of nicotine that night? Is the, did the sun come up? I, I would assume. Well, one of the things that happens when you smoke a cigarette or do something with nicotine – uh, your blood thins out a little bit. And the first thing that happens when your blood thins out is... How come is, nothing else ever thins out on you him? Get, <laughs> you get... Uh, you get <laughs> Hi-oh! <laughs> come on, Wise, you can't say that! When that happens, right. you... Uh, you start getting cold in your in your fingers and your toes. It's just how the body works because it's trying to keep it in because you got a foreign substance in your head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees and toes. Yeah, I got it. Um, so that could have been. I mean, he's just ingesting it consistently, so he might just always have thin blood. He might be more sensitive to cold. Not even jumping on a grenade here. A little bit, yeah, but a little bit, yeah. That's I was saying it's still unacceptable okay, what but, he but, did. But if you've been uncomfortable and just said, like, if you're on a plane 
Yeah. Do you realize that if, if I sit here and gripe and bitch and complain about how awful this this flight is that the person with me is going to have to be subjected to that? It doesn't do any good. It doesn't improve my position. And I'm, I'm affecting everyone around me. Yeah. No, planes right. are hideous for me. Yeah. I don't say a word. I get on there and then I I'm going to be uncomfortable for a couple hours and I'm going to get off this plane and everything will be fine. Yeah. I got no room. I'm just going to sit here and just wait till it's over. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, we all have been uncomfortable I, when we're sitting around the fire. And when someone throws a log on, he goes, Jesus Christ, I've never been so hot in my life. And I guess to walk to the back, like, dude, fucking realize that everything isn't always going to be 100% comfort for you in this life. I, I would assume you know that he's been to prison multiple times. It's wild to see. So that picture was taken when he was being informed that the windows were going to stay down for 10 minutes, and then if he conducted himself like an adult, they would go back up afterwards. That is his response. His first volley of, I would say, uh, conjecture that he didn't want that to take place. That's I, what that picture is. Uh, w at times during the winter, we'll go out to the MGM, and sometimes the windows will be down. In January, rolling out there. Of course. I'll sit in the back. I It'll be cold. I won't say a word. I'll wait till it goes up. But don't you think that most dudes, I, I hate being stuffy to me is the worst feeling on earth. Like if you're in a tight spot and it's like warm and stuffy, like bleeding that off with some cold air is, it's a fabulous feeling. It's not a bad feeling. Right. And I know you like to be cozy. You're a cozy guy. Love it. <laughs> but I also think that it's, you know, when it gets warm in here, we realize we have to keep doing the show. If we conducted ourselves like him, the show would cease. We'd be like, oh, God damn. Jesus fucking Christ, we're going to die. You know, the show would not be able to have a full episode if that was the case. It was, that is, that story is irritating. It's very irritating. Joe, you can come up real quick. I mean, I know you're terrible on the mic, but I just, I, sometimes I feel like people think that I'm exaggerating when I tell this stuff for theatricality. Deception initiated on Rebus. Uh, precious Aubrey, gratefully accepted. We wouldn't need it. Uh, I don't know where Bane comes from every once in a while. People love him. Yeah, they do love him. God, they love him. Oh, yes! <laughs> You're having health insurance problems again, Dukes. That is by my design, the League of Shadows. You know, your father is disappointed in you. Texts all the time, why aren't you back on the radio? Well, he knows a lot about you. He is initiated, aren't we? <laughs> the boss man is a part of the League of Shadows. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hey, fellas. How are you doing? Uh, did I exaggerate any of that stuff about Ant-Man? No, right not now? at all. He acted like a petulant child. He did. And he he, he was like a two-year-old. That's why I was like, all right, I guess I got to give him my sweatshirt. What happened when you tried to get the sweatshirt back? Oh, he held on to it like dear life. Like, like he held on to it like it was a McMuffin or something. Oh, see, now you're being mean, Joe. So, so was it for him? Oh, did you hear what Joe said about me? Yeah, boy, you stepped right all over I, it, didn't I, you? Just, did you hear what Joe, this is, was Joe's argument that he wanted to get his sweatshirt back. Oh no! Oh no! What? I think it's dead. What happened? Oh, it just reset itself. <laughs> I should have just let you step all over the line, Tor. That would have been way better. <laughs> How good was the rev, though, Joe? Oh, he was great, fantastic. Yeah, was uh, he he played some great music. What? What are you? What are you looking at me? Nothing. He, oh, he was looking not, at me like I'm just. Go sit back. You're there. Just, just get out of here. That's why I'm, wa I'm looking at you talk. That's why we can't have him on the mic. Joe, you're performing. Like, you're saying something into the mic. No one can see the way Tor is looking at you. Just continue your thought. <laughs> no! I was sitting and listening. But even if he was trying to tell you something, Joe, why not finish your thought? Thank you.
That's why he's the office cat. By the way, when Joe comes up on the microphone. This not for me. This not for me. You can always donate to The Chad Duke Show using the Donate tab on chaddukeshow.com. You'll help us keep improving the product, and you'll earn yourself a verbal nod on the next episode. We thank you for your support, friendos. So wild turn of events on that frigid night. Coming back from the tally-ho. Oh, I've never been so cold in all my days. You're torturing me, Big Shoe. Torturing me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you fucking imagine there's 18-year-olds storming the beaches in Normandy, and that guy's 39 years old. Yeah, one of them was his father. That's right. One of them was his dad. This is a shoot war hero. Oh, boy. Boy, that's a lot of fun. All right, very good. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week. It was a, a mix of new and old. Very cool. Fresh content. By the way, this week on the Chad Duke Show, you got two bonus shows. We did uh, the, the Fastest Hour in Radio, and then we also did the State of the Realms, our assessment of Mortal Kombat. You get bonus episodes all the time when you subscribe. So why haven't you subscribed? Chad Dukes Show. Dot com. Get on over there. And, of course, if you want to do the social media bit, it's at Chad Duke Show on Instagram and at Chad Duke Show on Facebook. All right. Tomorrow, three-year anniversary, Commonwealth Dry Goods. If you'd like to come on out on Saturday, I'll be out there all day long. Come out and say hi. we got all types of fun stuff going on. You can check out our social media at Commonwealth Dry Goods for all the, uh, the details on that. What do you got going on this weekend, Tor? Well, I, uh, I'm very excited for tonight's Hoot Nanny. It's going to be eventful. We're doing a Jamaican beef patty eat-off between Tor and Jim Jester. Legit, also authentic Jamaican beef patties, not the 7-Eleven variety. Is, is it you or Jester that's never had one before? Jester. How is that possible? Baltimore. Baltimore. Just fucking living in Baltimore, <laughs> having kids, blowing out tires, being poor. Like, this is what he does. I've had a, a crab beef patty. You never had many crab bowls always <laughs> ingested over these long years, 42 long years. Boy, the way I've got a gap in between my children's age, one's 27 and one's two months. That mother effort. It'll be good to see him tonight, though. I can't wait. Tune in for the Hoot, 7 p.m. on our Facebook page. All right. Very, very good. It's been a tremendous week. Thank you so much for supporting. Leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if the good Lord is willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll meet you back here tonight for the Hoot. Roll out the trash cans. <laughs>